Sparkle. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there the manipulators with Do the Excitation. And today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Mike from the Manipulators who are playing this weekend, tomorrow at the Hindenburg 23. West Cordova. It's a 7-inch record release party. Also on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show, coming up, an interview with Burndog Hyena, who are playing tonight at the Railway Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Right now, we have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Who are you? I am Mike. Roach from the Manipulators. Welcome to the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, Mike. Thank you for having me. So I announced that you have a gig coming up, an important one, tomorrow. Please tell the people about it, and who else is in the Manipulators, and what is the occasion? The occasion is, well, it's actually a double-header 7-inch release. We're posthumously reaching, uh, releasing a 7-inch. We haven't been a band, actually, for about four years and we just recently got back together just to release the 7-inch. 
along with the Mants from Victoria via Calgary. Uh, they're releasing a seven inch as well. And uh, also on the bill is the Vicious Cycles and High Wasted and DJ Keith McCafferty from Ireland. And the Manipulators back after four years, the first gig pretty much headlining at least in four years in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, which is pretty amazing because I was just thinking, wasn't you one of your last shows ever with Northwest Legends, The Pierced Arrows? Uh, yeah, I guess one of our last shows with, with The Pierced Arrows. Can't which, quite recall them. Which is really interesting, Mike, because one of your last shows with The Pierced Arrows, Northwest Punk Legends, and now like your first show back a couple weeks ago was with the Northwest Punk Legends, the ultimate Northwest Punk Legends, the Sonics. Yeah, pretty exciting. Like, what a comeback. Like, you go out with the Pierced Arrows, and it's like, oh, we're never going to play with any band as big as the Pierced Arrows that have as much of a punk influence in the Northwest as the Pierced Arrows. And in your first gig back, who do you play with? The Sonics. Like, just think about that for a moment, eh? Two of my favorite guitar players ever, too. No matter, not even that they're Northwest. How did the gig with the Sonics go? I saw a photo of you up on stage. It looked like you had a mohawk. Did you get a mohawk for the gig? No, I'm just trimming off the gray on the side. But yeah, I was, uh, yeah, it's a pretty bad haircut. I think it's pretty cool with all the respect you get from the garage rock community, like Fred Cole, the Sonics. How is Fred Cole doing? I heard that maybe he had some heart trouble. Fred Cole of Dead Moon, Pierced Arrow, Zipper, etc. Yeah, I, I heard that too, and I tried following up with them, but I didn't hear anything back. I didn't want to get too intrusive. I, I do have some family emails from them, but I didn't want to start. They'd be like, who's this guy in Canada? What's, what, is, what does he want? So I, I, I really haven't heard anything lately, but hopefully as well. Mike of the Manipulators, live here now on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. Could you describe your outfits? What's it like to see the Manipulators? What are your outfits like? What changes have you had over the years through the Manipulators? Um, just, I think we started off with these kind of frilly tuxedo shirts. All, all black, but then frilly tuxedo shirts with some red on them. And then later there, there were these like weird sort of Western shirts with a, a chest piece that would button up on it and you'd just be covered in sweat underneath them. And and then lately everybody got lazy and it's just a black shirt with a red uh, neckerchief or I believe that's what they're called. But that's, uh, yeah, that's sort of been the, the long-running thing. And it's actually been kind of fun because we saw people come into the shows and actually wearing it too. And it was, I guess it's an easy, uh, it's an easy costume to put together. Dave Despaz from WFMU inspired some of your musical choices. Who inspired your outfits? Was that CCR inspired? Yes, that's who it was. It was a picture we saw of uh, John Fogarty, I think, wearing that. And we're like, well, what is he wearing on his neck? And then we're like, okay, we've got to do that. Yeah, we were hoping to go the full pole and have all custom amps and everything and do everything CCR did. But yeah, didn't get quite that far. Did you always throw, like, plastic tambourines into the crowd? Yeah, I think so, from day one. Just thought it'd be a sort of dumb, fun, gimmicky crowd participation thing, and then it kind of stuck. And then uh, most people just knew it was just the band that was throwing toys at them. 
Right off the top of the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, I play Do The Excitation. What can you tell the people about that, Mike, from the Manipulators, playing tomorrow night at the Hindenburg? You wanted me to play another track from your brand new 7-inch, and that's kind of why you're on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show here today, because the 7-inch is out, you're doing a gig, the Manipulators are back together just for this particular release party. What can you tell the people about Do The Excitation and about the new 7-inch and being back? Well, that song is was long out of sort of canon of anything we were doing, but uh, that was probably the first song that we kind of put together, and that was with the uh, first lineup of people. Thank you, Sean Law. I, thank you, Sean Law. I'm not sure why, but always thank you to Sean Law. Wasn't Sean Law important with the manipulators establishing your lineup? Like, for instance... Sean Law put on a gig with the Rippers and didn't Ben oh, yeah. go to see the Rippers and then that's how come Ben plays drums for the Manipulators playing tomorrow night at the Hindenburg. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he did. And we were, I, I think we were trying to get in contact with each other or something at the time. I was like wanting to get on that bill and he was wanting us to get on the bill. And uh, uh, we played with the uh, the amazing Rippers from Italy and Rob and Ben happened to show up and then I think Rob told Ben this is the kind of band you should be in and then weirdly enough we were looking for a drummer and my friend Jason Soliam referred us to Ben and then Ben said yeah I just saw you guys and that's it, it was quite soon after the Rippers show so Ben joined and you've had some good times haven't you at Neptune Records like you met Mark Marin at Met Neptune Records yeah. Yeah, met Mark Marin there one day. Just yeah, they get a lot of uh, uh, celebrities kind of popping in there. But Mark Marin was uh, one that Ben had to actually call me and say, "Get down here," because I'm a pretty faithful WTF listener. And we're speaking here to Mike from the Manipulators, who are back together tomorrow night at the Hindenburg. What do you know about the Hindenburg opening tomorrow night in Vancouver? I know it pretty well because when uh, over the summer, I actually helped sort of renovate the place with uh, Mr. Dave Dupree, and I think he did a mighty fine job at the place. What gigs do you remember happening at The Cruel Elephant or Hungry Eye? Do you remember going to? And is there anything left over from those days? Was it this empty ever since those places closed? Um, uh, I'm sure, yeah. we There's uh, a lot of stuff down in the basement. Um, but, yeah, in the early days, I remember seeing... Uh, Rocker from the Crypt, Jesus Lizard with John Spencer opening, Nine Pound Hammer, Superconductor. There's, it was always you just, it was just a place you just rolled into, and there was always good shows going. That's what's so amazing about you, Mike, is you've probably been at like every important Vancouver gig <laughs> for the last twenty years, haven't you? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, the Krill Elephant, sort of Hungry Eye era, and then there was later on the the Pick. Piccadilly pub era. That was like a that was like a rumpus room that you could just roll into anytime and there was usually always good bands playing and a lot of friends were made. I haven't really seen a place like that quite since those days, but uh it was good times. Right now, Mike, you have supplied us with a little rarity. We're about to hear guacamole and ringo. What are we about to hear? What is this? Uh, this was, uh, I, I dug this up. Um, this is our guitar player, Alex. I guess he was just home one night and he made this himself. And I, I thought it would, 
I hadn't heard this in years and I thought it was pretty amazing. So I thought you'd get a kick out of it and that'd be uh, worth, worth uh, sharing with the world. So here we have Guacamole and Ringo by Alex from The Manipulators, who are playing tomorrow night, their last gig ever, your last gig ever, possibly. Ooh, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. At the Hindenburg, here's Guacamole and Ringo. I'm ready. Let's go. still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, Guacamole and Ringo by Alex from Manipulators. There's no other Manipulators on that track, is there, Mike? No, that's all him. That's just him and a drum machine. I don't know what he was using over there. Mike of the Manipulators, what about the future? What's coming up in the future? Do you still have the band the No Seams? What's everybody else doing once the Manipulators stop playing? Like Sunday morning, when everybody goes back to other bands, what is everybody else going to do? <laughs> well, we've got Mike Park on bass, who is playing with a band called The Worshippers right now. And then we got Alex Angel, he's playing with Fashionism. We've got Mel who's our organ player. She plays with the Belladines. And Ben Frith plays with the Belladines as well as a band called Stork. And all their bands are fantastic. So I think, uh, I think that's, that's, that's their future. And how about you? Yeah. Weren't you in a band in No Seams? I'm just going to travel the highways. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah, I was with uh, Alex um, for a little bit. That, that, uh, that is now six feet under as well. And you recently were in my wood. Yeah, that place was awesome. The, uh, in France, that's a. I went to two tiki. I don't know why I was just going to tiki bar. Woody was more of a surfy. They had like pictures of the on the wall. It's a really a lot of fun, and free jukebox and strong drinks. So, so far on an art radio show, Speculators, I played an older track by you guys. I played a track that you don't even play on, but now I'm going to play a track from the recently released 7-inch that people can get tomorrow night at the Hindenburg. I'm going to play Simeon again. What can you tell the people about that particular track? That's the focus track, isn't it? The, the focus track? The focus track. That's what, like, industry execs call, like, the important track. You know, the focus track, right? Oh, I'm so out of the loop. Yeah, well, no, that was our, uh, I guess, there you go with the neckerchiefs with CCR. This was our sort of tip of the hat to CCR. I guess it was a little bit different than some of the more sort of 
garagey R&B kind of stuff, but this was our uh, sort of CCR tribute. Mike of the Manipulators, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Not too much, just, uh, yeah, if you can make it out to the show, come on down and um, rattles for all. And why should people care about the Manipulators? Why should people care? Well, because we only got another 36 hours left. All right. Well, thanks much, Mike. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do. Do do.
You're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, Burn Dog Hyena with Punk in an Old Folks Home. Punk on CITR Radio. And before that, we heard the manipulators, a little extendo mix of Do the Excitation mixed with Simeon. And the manipulators are playing tomorrow night at the Hindenburg in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And as I mentioned, the band Burn Dog Hyena, they are here at CITR Radio Live. Hello, Burn Dog Hyena. Are you there? Yes, we are. Hello. Uh, Hi. Please introduce yourselves and tell us about what, well, who are you, first off, right off the bat? Hi, I'm Joe. I play drums and I sing. Fat Joe Satan, right? Sure. Fat Joe Satan. And Fat Joe was last on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. You figure in 2005, phoning in during a Mark Mothersbaugh interview. That was your last appearance, you yes, think? Yes, it was. And who do you have beside you right there, Fat Joe Satan? Who's beside you? Snap. <laughs> it's Evan Simmons. And Evan, who's beside you? It's Brian Halverson. And Brian, what group are you guys? Burn Dog Hyena. A Burn Dog Hyena. And you have some special nicknames, don't you? Who's Men's Disease? Who's Rockin' Goons? That would be me. How did those come about? And what's the story on the Burn Dog Hyena, Brian? Well, the name Burn Dog Hyena, I believe Joe came up with that name. But the, the Rockin' Goons was I the deny everything. Friend of my high school gave me and this, this title. Is that, is that an indicative of band interaction? Joe says something and everything stops. <laughs> everything stops. I you, are everything. you are the drummer, aren't you? Right, yeah. You are the drummer. When the drummer yeah. stops playing, everything stops. I feel sorry for those in the band that aren't drummers. <laughs> so, Brian, what do you play in Burn Dog Hyena? And something important is happening tonight in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. That is true. We're playing at the Railway Club. And um, I play guitar. And you guys are from Prince George. Can I say that, Evan? You're from Prince George? Yes, we are from Prince George. But you've all sort of lived out of Prince George? except I was born in, in New Westminster. 
and then moved to Prince George. Yes, sir. Where your dad was an alderman. That's right. And he ran for mayor and lost. So is that why he became an alderman? Because he couldn't become the mayor? No, he was an alderman first, right? Yeah, he was an alderman for seven years. Seven years, my father was an alderman, Edward Bodner. Woohoo! Oh, congratulations, because I thought that would be the story of people's lives. You know, you try to be the mayor, and then you end up being the alderman. You know, and, and that being an analogy for the band. Yeah. You try to be a band, and you end up being... Creepies. <laughs> and what about you, Brian? Are you from Prince George too? Yeah. I know Evan is. Born and raised in Prince George, that's right. And so you've never left Prince George? No, I have for a few months, but no, generally I've lived there my whole life, yep. And the other guys, Evan and Joe here, they've left Prince George. They got smart, that's right. And how are they regarded? They're regarded as smarties by leaving Prince George? I think they think they are, yeah. How did it go leaving Prince George, Evan? How did it go? I came to Vancouver and found out that I was a goof, and I thought it was cool. <laughs> and what about you, Joe? How long did it take you to come to Vancouver? Was Evan first? No, Joe was. I was. I had fun. And we did play a track right there that I didn't really ask you to explain. Punk in an old folks' home. Could you please tell the people about that particular track that we just heard? Uh, well, it's a little bit snide, I have to admit. Um, um, having Woo-hoo, been in... Snide. <laughs> Sort of on the outside of punk rock for a long time, and it's kind of, it's kind of about being so pathetic as a punk rocker that by the time you get to the old folks' home, you're still hassling all the non-punk rockers about how non-cool they are. Is this a brand new tune by Burn Dog? Yes, it is. Yeah, Brian wrote uh, the music, and I, I wrote the lyrics. Maybe you can give a bit of background on the band there, Evan. I mentioned the nicknames: Men's Disease, Rockin' Goons. That was Smayman Disease. Nah. I want to say Men's Disease. Okay, well, it may, what is a man's disease? It's a, it, well, my name backwards. My name backwards was Snamus Cram Nave, and my friend Marco, in uh, in about 1978, um, decided that. Snamus Cram Knave was a whole lot like Snamus Cram Smay, and then they just called me Smay. Oh, you're kidding. Um, but, uh, which is ridiculous, um, but somehow it's Help! stuck. And how about the other names? How did they come about? Fat Joe Satan and Rockin' Goons. Uh, go ahead, Goons. Okay, well, Rockin' Goons was a great friend of mine, Merle Martin, gave me the nickname Goons, and then it just evolved from Rockin' Goons. I'm not exactly who sure gave me Rockin' part, but... It might have been Merle, too, actually. I'm not sure. But this is from high school, so that's been following me around for a while. And we also have Fat Joe Satan. Fat Joe Satan, how'd that come about? And I'm sorry I never asked you that all the other times you've been on an Ardwarty Human Serviette radio show. Maybe it's wrong not to have asked that, but maybe it's right to have kept the mystery going, Fat Joe Satan. It came through osmosis. Brian, Fat Joe Satan, what does he look like? How would you describe the members of Burn Dog Hyena? Um, I would say that um, he looks about what you'd think a fat Joe Satan would look like. Trollish. And how about Evan? Evan looks kind of like um, He's he would be a, maybe a professor at UBC. And Evan, what does Brian look like? Uh, Brian looks like a cook from Prince George. <laughs> Boom! And now I'm asking you to describe each other because you actually go way back, like way back. What is the actual year that Burn Dog Hyena started? And you have a gig again tonight. Maybe you can tell the people about the gig tonight. Tonight we're playing at the Railway Club with our friends Aging Youth Gang, who are another longtime Vancouver group, and Tarantula Head and the Salvos. Um, Burn Dog Hyena started roughly in 1982, and... Um, 
uh, fucked around and excuse me uh, if your mother's listening uh, turn it down um, um, we mucked about in our little studio in uh, Prince George and recorded a bunch of stuff and played a, uh, played some shows we lasted until about 1986 and uh, then we played a couple of shows in Prince George in uh, this year uh, uh, in, in uh, June Cassette Fest or something? Yeah, Cassettet Festival. It's a, a festival of experimental music put on by Jeremy Stewart, who is kind of the, you know, the the the, the Mr. Scene. Yeah, he's the Mr. Scene of Prince George. And tonight's gig at the Railway Club is your Vancouver debut? Yes, that is, that is correct. And that, Brian, is how many times you've been on stage? Have you rocked in other bands since Burn Dog Hyena? Absolutely not. This will be my first big gig. I've done like one other one and one little one. And what has Evan told you about the Railway Club? Because this means a lot to Evan, doesn't it? Yeah, he's, he, he says this is a big deal, almost as big of a deal as being on Nardwar. <laughs> Boom! And we have the rock and roll band known as Burn Dog Hyena from Prince George playing their first ever gig in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada tonight. So how many years did it take for you to play Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Um, uh, uh, over 30, 32. 32 years, Vancouver. 32 years. You have to go and check out the Railway Club We're all, tonight. All three of us are 51 years old. And I will also say there's another gig happening tonight in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It's the Plodes EP release party. Plodes. The Plodes. And it's the Plodes True Crush, Chris Horrific, Brent Woo, Constantine, Chris Cass Kelly, James Kennedy, and Gemma Goletsky. And that's happening at Simply Delicious. 4316 Main. That's Simply Delicious. It's all ages. And it's the Plodes. Hello, Reed. EP release party. All ages. Which you can go to both gigs tonight because the rail is 19 plus and the Plodes gig is 19 and under. Although they let people in that are 19 and over. In fact, I don't know if there'll be any 19 and under at the Simply Delicious. But we hope people come out. Presented by the Safe Amplification Society. So back to Burn Dog Hyena. I saw a photo of you, Evan, wearing a conductor's hat a conductor's hat where did that conductor's hat come from i bought it off of um paul roy who um used to buy a whole bunch of um he, railway stuff because he used to be a chief train dispatcher at bc rail and then he ended up being someone who collected paraphernalia and he would set up at rail fan fests um i bought it because i had a song called conductor's wife um, somebody came into the office in North Vancouver um, back when BC Rail still existed and told me about that sometimes when a guy calls in or a woman calls in to find out what time a train is is going to arrive in town, it's not necessarily because they're taking that train out. It's because they want to find out how long they have to go sleep with the conductor's wife. Interesting. Uh, what I was curious, though, is specifically about the hat. Have you had people approach you at all and want that hat? Like, how rare of a hat is oh, it? Because I'm just curious. That that, like, have you had people say, wow, I really want that hat? Uh, I, when I used to use it at shows, I would always be hassled to, like, you know, make sure that I kept um, wearing it. But I have, no one's actually wanted it or actually offered me money. And it looks like we have a caller right now. Maybe we want to have put on the headphones right here. Hello, caller. Are you there? How are you doing, Nardwar? Go ahead to Burn Dog Hyena. Hey, it's odd. You know what? You guys are coming up, uh, coming down from Prince George. I got my daughter. Just she's uh, helping out at CFUR. CFUR. What a what a great radio station for uh, Prince George, eh? Yeah, it's a. What's that? UNBC. Yeah. You do a radio show, don't you? Yes, I do. What's the difference between where you do your show and this show about? 
um, our show on Seifer for a while. It's CFIS. It's a um, small ridge. Prince, interesting. Like what do you know about Prince George? Like these guys here are experts on Prince George, and now your daughter is in Prince George. These guys, they are experts at Prince George. Let me see. Uh, you got moose running up there through the campus yet? Still? Of course. <laughs> Unbelievable. How about <laughs> a... streets? Do you know any streets in Prince George at all, caller? No, I can't say I do. No. None off the top of your head. No. None off the top of my head. Any just ran any other buildings? Uh, stay out of the uh, correctional center. <laughs> nice. Where is the correctional center? Do you guys remember the street? On the hill. Let's just test. It's on the, it's on the hill um, past the pulp mill going towards the airport. Oh, okay. Sounds pretty dun, dun, good. Dun. Uh, well, thanks so much for calling in, caller. And when is uh, your, so your daughter has a show on CFUR? No, no, she's helping out, just helping out administrative. Okay, well, what what uh, what times is she helping out, i.e., what times is she maybe going to be on the air? Uh, she hasn't told me. Oh, okay. She's, she's uh, just, you know, settling in, right? Sounds good. Well, thanks for phoning in and doot doot a loot doo. Doot doot. And you're still listening to the Nardwater Human Soviet Radio wow. Show with Burn Dog Hyena and actual Prince George connection. Nice. People love the George. And alert. I, I want to bring it back to Prince George for a second. July 4th toilet, Evan. Yes. That's not Prince George, is it? No, it's Fort St. John if you're talking about Mr. Robert Dayton. And they had an important gig the other night, didn't yes, they? Yes, they played last night, actually, really? um, uh, on uh, Main Street at that former porn theater. What's the venue called Fox. Now? The Fox Theater. Did you go see it? No, I, I actually went to bed and then woke up this morning going, oh, I was going to go to July 4th toilet. They hate me. What's the difference between <laughs> where Rob is from and Prince George? <laughs> Because I always Lots. said, I always said that Rob was from Prince George. Prince George is the party capital of the universe. Well, Fort St. John is is um, is not the party capital <laughs> of the universe, <laughs> and that is actually the difference. Um, Fort St. John is is very very um, you know resource based, and so is Prince George. But Prince George, over time, it's bigger and it's got it's a little bit more. Um, Diversified. Urban. It's a little bit more diversified. Have a university. Yeah, they got a university. Whereas Fort St. John is, you know, it's Fort St. John. It's got its good points. My dad lived there for many years, um, but uh, now he lives in Dawson Creek. So if anybody has any Prince George questions, at 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR for Burn Dog Hyena, who are back together 32 years to play Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. 32 years! Yahoo. Tonight! Tonight! Finally headline. And again, it wasn't like 32 years either that you were doing nothing. It was, well, it was pretty much no gigs yeah. for 32 years, wasn't it? For, uh, for Burn Dog Hyena, yes, very true. Yeah. So no gigs, and then now 32 years later, playing Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And you've brought in a whole bunch of tracks here. You're playing tonight at the rail. What do you have coming up right here, Evan? Uh, the next song is called uh, Branium Electric. It features Joe on acoustic guitar, and he played it um, for me so that I could learn the song so that we could play it. So are we playing tonight. all new Burn Dog Hyena. Do we uh, have any no. old Burn Dog uh, Hyena? The next song after that is called Theme Inside a Swamp Sinking Part One, and uh, it is was recorded in 1985. So here we go with the rock and roll band known as Burn Dog Hyena. Live on Denard War the Human Serviette Radio Show.
name was Ned Ned had a doorman gene But Mr. Policeman had no prior knowledge When Mr. Policeman applied electricity Ned did not scream Or make sounds like a Wookiee Ned just disappeared into the thin air into another dimension Ned went to plasma land alternate universe flew with electricity Ned partook in all the festivities partied outside the water bag His name was Nick Nick was a rogue scientist On the money people's hit list They shut down his lab and called him a cab Others took credit for Nick's inventions But Nick did not care He found the knowledge
again, you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. That was... Burn Dog Hyena. From what year? 1985. Punk rock. Prog punk. Prog punk. Prog punk from Prince George. What would you like to tell the people about that particular track? Um, it's called Theme Inside a Swamp Sinking Part 1, and uh, it's one of the very few instrumentals that I ever wrote. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess... <sighs> We came from, you know, grew up in the 70s and, and it was kind of, prog was like a, a bigger thing. And and we, I think I don't think that we kind of realized that we weren't really good enough to be prog. And, but nowadays I think we can at least safely call ourselves prog punk. But at the time I don't think that, we didn't think of ourselves as punk. Punk was just sort of starting. I remember my friend Clay brought over Body Bag by No Means No, and that was kind of the first time I heard anything like that. Um, and anyways, so Theme Inside a Swamp was was kind of written to write, let's let's write a complicated, heavy song, and, and that's what came out. And you were not on that particular recording, Brian, from Burn Dog Hyena? That's right. I'm not on that one yet. Why were you not on that particular recording? Um, well, I left the band about a year before that, I guess. No, actually, it was this similar time. Do you remember the song? Did you jam on that one before? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how about the track that we heard before that one? What did we hear before that one? It was a new track, wasn't it? Yeah, that's called Branium Electric. And Joe recorded, we recorded that so that I could learn it. And uh, we're now playing it live. We finally, I think last night, um, nailed it, nailed it, or we've been working on it all week to get it perfect. Even if we didn't nail it, we're pretty good at faking. <laughs> and you're going to be faking it tonight at the yeah. Railway Club. Damn straight. Thank you for being here, Canada. We're speaking here live to Burn Dog Hyena <laughs> from <laughs> Prince George, British Columbia, Canada. Earlier, earlier on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, had Mike Roach from The Manipulators from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, who are playing tomorrow night at the Hindenburg, which used to be the... Cruel Elephant? Yes. Wow. And speaking of different people on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, that's how I sort of met you through you coming onto the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. Right, Evan? Yes, that is very correct. And when you were on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, there were always lots of different people on the Nardwarty Human Serviette uh, Radio yes, Show. Yes, yes, they were. I still remember when, when um, the one of the first questions, I think it was in 1988, and you interviewed me, and, and we were talking about the song Kill X, and I was being all really, really, really serious and explaining, you know, the the important environmental message of Killex. And you went, so is Killex a drug you'd like to smoke? <laughs> also, you were protecting me from Robin Hitchcock. Remember that? Weren't you like on a Nardwarty Human Survey radio show when Robin Hitchcock was on? Or when it might have been that Bob Dog? Because remember there was maybe only, it was Bob Dog. Yeah, because I would have remembered that. I really like Robin Hitchcock. Okay, because okay, okay, it was. How did was I? He me, was he mean? How did I meet you? Was that through Keith Perry? Uh, no, no. Actually, you met me because um, you met me because I was attempting to be a DJ on CITR when I first moved to Vancouver in 1988, and then you came up to me with my cassette and said, "You're a star." <laughs> I, well, you had a cassette. I was really envious. That's amazing, Prince George, early 1980s. Take us back, Brian. For me or the, the, the city? <laughs> to everything. The environment that Burn Dog Hyena was around. Well, at that time, there wasn't much of a music scene in Prince George, so we had a hard time um, people taking us serious. In fact, um, I think we're quite a bit ahead of they our time. They hated us. 
Yes. The same music now people seem to like. And back then, they hated the name, too. They even tell them the name, and they would just go, really? Like, pick a different name. That man just wanted to keep it even be. more. But it started as Pastoral Chainsaw? That's yes. right. So they didn't like that name either? I love that. They didn't get a chance. It didn't last long. But yeah. you said you weren't too receptive. But, quote, the city is not known to be receptive for their type of music. And that was a review in... The Prince George Citizen. You actually had a review. Yes, by Mark Allen. Correct. But, but pretty amazing. Like, if you weren't kind of receptive, if this t- city did not like you guys, you still got a review in the Prince, the main newspaper. Yeah. Well, Mark, Mark was kind of interested in in different music, and and he had a whole one band to choose from in Prince George. So, um, no, he did. Oh, he was a, Urban Distress. Well, they didn't know about Urban Distress probably because yeah, okay. they didn't do a big show that was. Who was Urban Distress, Joe? They were a killer punk band from Prince George. And what happened to them? Uh, One of the people um, passed away from MS, and the other person is the um, manager of the uh, the publicity manager for the Prince George Cougars. But I still have a hard time taking you seriously saying that you weren't revered because your first gig, every band wants to get press, and your first and basically only gig was reviewed in the Prince George Citizen. Well, true. Like the main newspaper. So for a casual observer looking back through microfiche, it would be like, <laughs> wow, here's this local band. They got reviewed your only gig, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was pretty fantastic that that he did that, and you know, we were kids, and wow, we're in the citizen. That was a big deal. What were the gigs like, Brian? They were wild. <laughs> what makes something wild? Yeah. Well, because we were young, and you know, we might have wanted to party a little bit, and the people that went there liked to party too. So it was, yeah, they were pretty wild gigs. Like um, when I wasn't in the band, they did one with a band called Desperate Minds, and that was a that was a great show. Was that the first punk gig in Prince George? It was definitely one of the first punk gigs. I think there was Teenage Head played, um, but as far as like it being local bands, when we played with DMS, that was probably pretty much the first one that I knew about. Um, DMS uh, featured Sean Holowaychuk, who is now a recording engineer at Profile Studios. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, DMS. I thought it was Desperate Mind. Yes, Desperate Mind Stagnation. They used to have Stagnation in their name, so everybody kind of called them DMS. But then they changed their name to Desperate Minds. Um, and you were telling me once that you were somewhere like, and people that was the band they remembered because they toured. Exactly. In fact, there's weird connections all over the place for Desperate Minds. Scott from Desperate Minds. I don't remember Scott. One of the guys, Scott from Desperate Minds, he's cousins with Tim from Rancid. (laughs) Which is really wild. And Tim from Rancid didn't even know that until they met in like 87 in Chicago. Yeah, because they were touring lots. And Desperate Minds also played a lot of gigs with SNFU and they toured up and down the coast. So they really got out there. So they were one of the few bands that actually toured. And you actually played with them what was reception for that gig did anybody know who they were or were they coming out to see you because they had a big backdrop and everything um it was i don't know you want to answer that yeah I want, they said that we were the most killer slammers that they had ever seen after touring all over the states and canada and stuff how did you get in touch with them uh our friend clay um who was the only actual punk that we knew in prince George. yeah the first the only guy that ever had a you know what they call those mohawk thingy yeah, and he's actually coming to the show tonight from Souk. Um, but uh, he organized um, Desperate Minds and uh, and and sort of the, a lot of that part of the show, and uh, it was actually the uh, a hall show, 
And of course, like when we had hall shows, well, we actually, the first show that we did that was a big show that got reviewed in The Citizen was actually at the Prince George Playhouse. <laughs> now, I don't know how the hell that they, you know, let us get away with this, but but we, you know, I mean, there was it was like a nice theater <laughs> and there was like beautiful seats and everything. And like after the end of the show, there was like cigarettes and butts and burns in the <laughs> in the chairs and, you know, booze. booze. It sounded so good that night, though. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Hashtag pigs gorge punk. Right, Joe? Hashtag pigs gorge punk. <laughs> That sounds like a hashtag to me. That's the hashtag for Burn Dog Hyena, who are live here on the Nardwada Human Soviet Radio Show, playing tonight at the Railway Club. The Railway Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Right, Evan? Yes, playing at the Railway Club with Aging Youth Gang, Tarantula Head, and uh, The Salvos. When you played with Desperate Minds, how much did you watch them? Did Sean Chikara remember you guys? Because later you ended up hooking up with Sean from Chikara, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I... I went and visited him in Kamloops uh, uh, another time uh, a year or so later, and uh, that kind of solidified the fact that we kind of knew each other. Um, we watched the whole show and everything, and like they're they're they were um, well, like uh, Kim was like this amazing drummer, and he just kicked serious ass, and uh, uh, and and so we were pretty impressed by them. And then later I went and visited him in Kamloops, and he gave me a T-shirt and another. And they had se- they had seven inches and stuff like, and they were way cooler than us when it came to that sort of <laughs> no thing. Shit. And then and then later when you know I moved to Vancouver in '88, and Sean I think moved here maybe in '90 or something like that. And uh, uh, later I played with Sean in a band called Red Sugar. You mentioned the No Means No record. Where did your friend get that? Was there a record store? Uh, there was a place called Classic Records, um, and he had that sort of th- they, he had that sort sort of thing for sale uh, at Classic Records. Yes. So, what sort of punk bands did come from Prince George? What were the punk bands that came from Prince George? Uh, that's uh, Urban Distress, um, and uh, there's not many. There's not many, and it, it's funny. Like nowadays, three inches of blood, right? Are they from Prince George? No, I don't think so. I yeah, think th- originally, some of the guys are from Prince George because oh, really? oh. I know we played there once in 1995 with a band, and the guys ended up going on to Prince. It's three, three inches, inches of blood. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. 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 I, you know, I have to say that, like, I'm most in Prince George now, so I don't know who are the latest sort of punk groups that have come out. But even in the past thirty-two years. Well, most the, in the eighties, since that I knew of, what, were Burndog Hyena and Urban Distress. Another band with, and I had a conversation with Brad Lambert, who in many Vancouver bands, Sarcastic Mannequins, mannequins <laughs> and the Real Mackenzies, the Street, and we were talking about it, and he said, "Yeah, well, we had a band, and we could have played, and we didn't play the battle that we knew that it would be a bad idea, and now we wish that we had of." And I think that they just. Unlike us, who were, you know, just naive and stupid and said, what do you mean we can't do a show? We can do a show. Who cares what anybody thinks? So what if they hate us? We'll play a show. Well, Brad, he was, they were way smarter and they went, everyone will hate us. So they didn't play. How about of top 40 bands? Like, I'm just curious of any bands well, from Prince George or members um, of Lifton Prince George. They went on to bands. There was a band that's name should have been a punk band, but they were a top 40 band. And that was Sweet Hostage. <laughs> 
Did they release anything? Did they? Yeah, actually, they had they had a twelve inch. They had a twelve inch. They were a local band. Yeah, they had a twelve inch in the eighties. Uh, or and uh, yeah, they they played quite a bit. We should look them up. Maybe we have their record here. Yeah, I doubt it. They they wouldn't have sent it to CITR. I don't think they had to send it to like Feldman or something. But nine six four nine two two two. Oh my. God. That's my phone number from way, way back. Is that the number that you guys would call for yeah. practice? Yep. Yeah. Who organized the Burn Dog Hyena practices? Well, originally, they we actually practiced at Joe's parents' place quite a bit, and then eventually I got, got my own place. Um, <laughs> freaking me out. So, uh, yeah. Uh, um, Nardware, where did you get this number? <laughs> You're Fat Joe Satan. We have to know. Yeah, it's okay, all... Okay, whatever. Yes, um, Purdue site. Oh, tunes coming up. What do we want to hear right now? What do we want to hear? What do the listeners want to hear right now? The next song is going to be um, Stuff All Over the Place, and it's about, uh, it's kind of uh, a quasi-environmental slash, but I'm a big pig um, type of a song. Now, is this new Burn Dog Hyena? Uh, it's new for Burn Dog Hyena. Um, it was originally written, actually, um, my friend um, Al Stanley uh, used to basically say, I stole the idea from him, and I, I remember him saying something along the lines of, yes, when we die, all of our stuff will have made a great big hole. And uh, so I, I wrote a song about that, and then I wanted it to sound sort of like Aging Youth Gang, actually, so it's fitting that we play it now, because we're playing tonight with Aging Youth Gang, who are a long time, a long time uh, Vancouver punk band. Um, they started in 1990. And uh, before that, there were a band called The Spores. Um, and then after that is going to be Classic Rock, which Joe can explain about Classic Rock. Yeah, there's something you'd like to say about that particular track. I saw it on your SoundCloud. Is this a vintage track? No, this is from... Uh, Brand new. It was like August or something. Yeah, it was it? in August. And uh, Brian had this little mini pocket uh, amp. And uh, we recorded the destruction of this mini pocket amp. So here we go on the Nardwater Human Serviette radio show. It's Burn Dog Hyena with stuff all over the place and an edit and edit of classic rock. Evan, what's going on there? An edit. Well, well, it was seven minutes. Joe's long, artistic and. We, we, yeah, I know. Well, he even said that it was only good till about minute three anyway. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yes, we, we artistically edited it down for radio. A burn dog, hyena? Uh...
Well, I was sitting at home like a good little girl when the boys come along and said, Here we go. 
sausages here. We're going to drink your beer and go. What was going on right there? We're live in the Nerdwater Human Serviette Radio Show here with Burn Dog Hyena from Prince George. And you guys wanted me to go deep in the vault and show the people what you're up against. We just mentioned them a bit earlier, but what did we just hear right there? Uh, you just We just heard Sweet Hostage, um, and which was a local Prince George band who, who had a vinyl record out. And uh, they probably, you know, when they sang that song, they probably thought that they were going to move to Hollywood and actually really go far. And that's what you were up against. That's what the Burn Dog Hyena was up against. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yes. And before the Sweet Hostage, we heard some vintage Burn Dog Hyena or newer Burn Dog Hyena? Uh, newer, newer Burn Dog Hyena. Uh, classic rock, which was done last summer at Brian's place when his amp was blowing up. And uh, stuff all over the place, which was recorded, uh, I think, in March-ish of this year, or April. Burn Dog Hyena are live in the Nardwarda Human Serviette radio show playing tonight, right, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. Railway Club. Yoo-hoo. Burn Dog Hyena. It's interesting. You guys drove all the way to California to get Carvin gear? Yes, we did. Was it that hard to go down there to get it? Uh, well, not, I don't know. It was like, you know, back, oh, there's so many stories. And you still play with the Carvin gear? Yeah, yeah, I actually still have. The guitar is still my main guitar. Um, and uh, I have. Uh, a couple PA speakers and a power amp that I bought on that trip that I still use all of the time. They're 30 years old. So you guys had to go from Prince George all the way down to California, Brian? Yeah, and we went to Frank Zappa's management company, and there was nobody there. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. Zappa dolls, and we left to make a set. He never got back to us, though. Um, yeah, it was one. Of, uh, it was very embarrassing when I think of it in retrospect, simply because... Um, I gave him a cassette of like some stuff, varying jams and you know us barely playing or whatever, and uh, almost doing songs. And later I realized that if you wanted to play for Frank Zappa, that you you know of course had to um, play, give him a tape playing Frank Zappa songs. Well, we got it was on Sunset Boulevard, and we got to the we got to the place that was his management company. Well, they were moving out. And so we, we only knew that it was there because we read at the back of the album cover had the address on Sunset Boulevard. So we went straight there when we got to L.A. And, um, and we went in and, and it, the door wasn't locked, but there was nothing there except for um, a Frank Zappa doll with a pin that said Zappa Crappa and he was sitting on the, on the toilet. Well, I felt that this was my way of like actually getting to meet you know, Frank Zappa. The door is open and the, and the doll could be stolen. So we went outside and we found the phone number for the, for, for the management company or whoever. And I said, look, the door is open and, and people could get in and steal the Frank Zappa doll. And uh, and then so he came down right away, and then I gave him a cassette. That was uh, genius. <laughs> that was a genius way to get the manager down. Well, yeah, except that I could have stolen the Frank Zappa doll. That was not the genius. So he came down, you gave him the cassette, and then you went to buy carving gear. Yes, we went to, and that was in Escondido, California, which is even further south. Now, basically, we were in Prince George and Young and Stupid, and we both Brian and I were both in a in a car accident, and we got all of this money. Um, for the settlement and I wanted to spend mine on gear and Brian spent his on his truck so we took his truck and Angela who you've met and and we we drove Angela was like 18 then and we drove all the way to Escondido because we had the Carvin catalog and it had all of these you know awesome deals on good stuff and all we had was B&B Music which was a ripoff joint uh, and actually a new a new um, store in town actually they've labeled their washroom B&B 
Um, but anyways, uh, so we went all the way down. We went all the way down to to Escondido, California, and and bought a. Um, uh, a number of pieces of gear, and then when we came, we got them to write us a fake receipt um, uh, for a one third of what we paid for everything. And then when we came across the line to do duty, we also said we were in a band together traveling. And when we should have paid about seven hundred dollars in duty, instead, because we had the fake receipt and we split it three ways, we paid twenty dollars in duty. What do you remember about that trip, Brian? We were at the Ralph Records. That was like amazing snake finger, the residence, chrome, and me and Evan bought one of each of all the records, but if I had to do it again, I would have bought them all myself. Did you give cassette demos to Ralph Records too? I can't remember if we did. I, I, it seems I, like a really amazing trip. Yeah, like, was. actually get into the Zappa office. You guys have been so excited. Well, yeah, yeah, we were like 21. We should also mention that playing Zappa plays Carvin. So that was also one of the reasons why Evan was interested in Carvin stuff, because Zappa was kind of their poster guy at that time and you'll be playing that tonight at the railway club um no, no actually brian's playing guitar tonight and he's playing my brian Moore. but um but i'm playing bass guitar tonight joe there's a picture of you like eating a drum brick what is that what is that from there's like a drum brick that's a drum brick i'm not eating it am i i'm just carrying it it looks like you're eating it or carrying it with your teeth what's going on there really no, I'm just carrying it. I, Joe needs I don't have any teeth to carry with, so I'm like... Uh, why do you need bricks, Joe? Why do I need bricks, Joe? He's a beast. <laughs> Brian, tell me about the Crossroads Chili. Oh, Crossroads Chili! <laughs> okay, well, I, my, my radio show is with a friend of mine called Wayne Hughes, and it's called Rip Radio. We've been on the air for about four years, and we enter... Um, a chili pop off every bum, year. Bum. And this year we got Fat Joe Satan to play bum, bum. blues guitar. What's the recipe? Oh, I can't say that. That's The recipe was actually given to Robert Johnson at the Crossroads. <laughs> so, I mean, it goes way back. I had to give my soul for that recipe. I'm not giving it up. Quote, cowboy, writer, and conservationist. Who was R.D. Simons? Um, uh, he, well, he is someone who is having an art exhibit in Saskatchewan, even to this day. Uh, very recently, I, um, in, a, in the last couple of years, I got an email um, from a woman online, and she wanted to know if I had any art um, by Artie Simmons. And uh, Artie Simmons is an author. He's written books about ranching and about the destruction of the, you know, ranch in favor of the farm because he was uh, very pro ranching and not farming um he what he saw was is that you know the entire um prairies would become barbed wire fence and he liked the open range and he um did a lot of um art uh he drew a lot of uh, pictures of things like birds and horses and and that sort of thing and he's a published author in saskatchewan they're still interested enough in rd simmons that 40 years after his death he has had an art exhibit in two towns and they assembled um they got a grant from the government and they assembled uh, about a collection of about 50 of his paintings and reframed them all and are showing them uh in I believe, uh, Swift Current and uh, also Moose Jaw Saskatchewan. And he's your grandfather? He's my grandfather. Do you have any of his stuff? Uh, yes, I do. I have two things that are actually in the exhibit right now. That are, so they're in Saskatchewan. When Sheena and I were on tour 
uh, on a solo tour, I dropped them off and they were reframing them. And I still have a couple of other ones at home. Were they excited? And did you see any of the other ones? Yeah, actually, they were really, really, really fantastic. They took us down. It, was, it wasn't on exhibit yet. They were just preparing the exhibit. And they took us down into the cold room and showed us everything out of frames. It was more of his art than I'd ever seen in my life. And my dad has quite a big collection, but I had never seen a lot of them other than some of the pictures I'd seen in books. He has a book called Hour and the Bur- Hours and the Birds which has uh, a bunch of writing about where he had, you know, um, had drawn all of these bird pictures. And uh, so I'd seen some of the pictures from that. Um, It was super exciting, and they were really, really gracious and really, really nice. And and it was just kind of cool to be in, you know, Moose Jaw and uh, seeing my grandfather's work that... Uh, you know, you know, he's, he passed away in about 1971, so it's interesting that they're still that interested in him. Quote, one guy who was in a Sonic Youth clone band must have felt that it was okay to copy his heroes, but not okay for anyone else. He sneered at Jerry's picture. Yeah, well, I, yeah, well, Jerry was one of my best friends, you know, when we played, we had this sort of cover band, I guess probably as a reaction to, as a reaction to all the rejection, I got this chance to play with some 17-year-olds when I was about 24, and we learned a whole bunch of covers, and I sang and played bass, because Jerry was the cool, flashy 80s guitar player, um, and, uh, and we played all of these teenage parties, and they were fun, we had so much fun. And uh, anyways, uh, Jerry um, was really into Steve Vai, and and he somehow got a body for a Steve Vai flame guitar. Um, uh, 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 like it was a copy of the Steve Vai flame guitar, which, of course, I mean, this was 1991 and, or 1990, and, and, you know, everybody was, like, really pretty anti um um, you know Van Halen or Steve Vai or anything like that, and there was this picture that uh, of of Jerry up on my wall that he had sent me, and it was him with the flame guitar, and um, and uh, just a sec, um, and uh, uh, it was a picture of the flame guitar and his hair, and they had they had kind of blown his hair really like the it had fake wind. And uh, this picture was up, and right next to it, my little brother had given me a Led Zeppelin flag, and I felt like I should put it up on the wall. Well, I guess um, when this uh, particular band, who shall go uh, go nameless um, at this point, uh, came into my studio, um, they 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 knew I was a goof. <laughs> Quote, Nardwar, who I later worked with for nine years on Thunderbird Radio Hell on CITR, now hosts this band as a total loser outfit. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I actually put that on one of my pieces. And, uh, and, and uh, weren't you, and uh, was that a loser? Oh, uh, I don't know. Stay! My 10-year um, obsession CD. But I probably meant like teenage zit rock called music. Teenage. Oh, okay. It's represented all these years. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 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 I don't know. I mean, the Stang was an interesting experience. I mean, basically, they had 34 really, really complicated songs that we all had to learn. Uh, one of them had, you know, like. 25 parts that went like and but 25 different ones that you had to learn um, and uh, and for some reason that they figured that their first show could be at UBC um, in the sub ballroom and um, 
And, you know, so they, they had all of these backdrops and everything, and we set up all in there, and we practiced and practiced and practiced for the show. And, well, you know, the 50 people came, and they lost their shirt. Um, and, you know, it was kind of sad in a way, but it was sort of reminiscent almost in a way of Sweet Hostage, just in a little bit different way. Tonight... At the Railway Club, not a staying reunion, it's Burndog Hyena playing Burndog Hyena from Prince George, their first gig in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, their first gig in Vancouver in 32 years because there's never been any gigs in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And you, Brian, you've known Evan since summer of 69, like that long? Yeah, since grade one. What was it like back then, summer of 69? Well, for me, it was weird. I was in grade one, and I didn't know anyone, and I wasn't really ready for school either, so... What was Evan like back then, and how did you meet Joe? Um, I met Joe through Evan, actually, when he was playing in a different cover band, and I'm not sure what Evan was like in grade one. I didn't know him that well, but I remember he got caught playing with razor blades and cut himself all up. Yeah, Great yeah, class. my friend Craig Meikle, and, and uh, yeah, I remember Craig, he, he cut himself worse than me. Um, it was Craig's idea, I think, to play with the razor blades, but, and then he was, he had his one hand that had a great big bandage around it, and another one with a little bandage, and he sang, Fatty and Skinny went to town. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, yes, and another thing that happened in grade one, which was, um, sort of embarrassing to but relate the story, but it's kind of funny, so, so, um, uh, another person that we knew quite well later, uh, his name was Dave Ross, and we had a fight, and Dave beat me up, and and I was like really really mad, so um, I went up to Dave and I punched him really hard in the back, and he started crying. Well, Brian tried to think on me to the teacher, and then he had to, and then he had to um, stay after class for not shutting up, and I got away with it. You rat! What do you remember about that, Brian? Zero. <laughs> I, I had no I That's was that me? You sure? Oh yeah, it was definitely you. Yeah, no, and I Richard. remember that. No, it wasn't Richard because it was grade one with uh, Miss Baird. Um, but anyways, yeah, yeah, we met in grade one. We didn't really start hanging out until about grade eight, but we went to the same elementary school for seven years. So just quickly, in case people are wondering, we're speaking here to Burn Dog Hyena. You're back together. First gig in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. First gig in Vancouver in 32 years, but there were no gigs in Vancouver before that at all. Yes, that's correct. What happened after Burn Dog Hyena? Um, well, uh, Joe uh, moved to Prince George, uh, I mean, to Vancouver first, and he had a group with Keith Perry called Total Tourist. Which was a Brian's song. Which was named after one of Brian's songs. Called Total Tourist. How did you meet Keith Perry? Um, he went to school with my brother, Link. So Keith is from Prince George, too? No, he's from Courtney, B.C. My parents moved to... Uh, to uh, Courtney, um, and I was still living in Prince George. And then um, my brother moved to Vancouver with his friends, and we crashed on Keith Perry's coach, who was living with my brother at the time. And that's how I met Keith And in Perry. Total Tourist eventually broke up, and then he started other bands like Octatractor and stuff. How what was the timeline for that? Um, we What was that other band? There was uh, Octatractor. Silent Muck, Gathering? In the Muck, but there was one before that. Oh, uh, with, uh, Silent Gathering is—I can't no, remember anybody. Silent else. Gathering. Yeah. yeah, I remember Silent okay. Gathering. I don't remember anybody else. As you guys are talking about this era, you're drifting away from the I mic, like <laughs> sort of like to keep it still, mysterious. I guess maybe I should be getting a hint there. Uh, I just don't remember much from that era. 
I do remember, though, Evan, thank you for grabbing the mic. I'm pointing at you because there was a guy that told me you should never point at anybody. You know who that was? Oh, who was that? You helped do security at a gig that I put on. Oh, okay. And and he didn't like anybody because he said if you point at somebody, he's like pointing a gun at them. You should never point at anybody. Oh. Do you remember uh, that gig? No. Uh, North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Oh, you mean like the Fugazi show? Yes. Didn't you help with the security? Yes, I did. Yes. What I do you did. remember about that, helping with security at Fugazi in 91? Um, well, that was one of the... I don't know. Was that the biggest show that Nardware ever put on? It like, was. Um, I, I guess... I remember the smugglers being there and playing that show. I still have the plasticized Fugazi poster on my wall at my place in Texada, um, British Columbia, uh, uh, Texada Island, British Columbia. And uh, there was a lot of people at that show, and it was a huge gig. And I remember um, Lisa Marr talking about how you always called me Evan Simina. I don't know why I remember and it's that. It's really Evan Simons. As, oh, Simons, actually. But I, but you but your but is your relative is called Simons? No, no. I, I, it's funny when I moved to Texada, um, across the street um, from our place on Texada, uh, is a person uh, whose name was I think Paul Simmons. And one day I went up, and I'm sure that everybody thinks he was my dad. I think he passed away recently, but I think everybody thinks he was my dad because we lived across the street. And uh, one day I finally met him after living there for a few years, and I said, you know, so, yeah, we've got the same last name. And he goes, do you pronounce it the same way, too? And I said, yeah, I do. Um, he said, why the hell do we pronounce it that way? No one ever gets it. And uh, I guess that in, in Britain that's how they pronounce it. Um, and my dad, my dad was so, like, adamant that his name was Simmons. Simmons is actually cooler because it's a bit more unique, and I should have just went with it. Um, but, but instead, I, I sort of kind of, I don't tell everybody that it's Simmons, but um, my dad, he was so angry that no one ever got that it was Simmons, and that he was always called Simons. So he named my sister Sylvia because he thought that that would make it really obvious. But then they still called her Sylvia Simons. Very interesting background from Evan Simonaw live here <laughs> on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. And Evan, of course, doing Thunderbird Radio hell all those years. You had some interesting encounters like Feist, early Feist. Wasn't that one of the interesting encounters? Uh, yeah, Amy Honey had been on tour with her group, um, uh, the, 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 oh, come on, you can do it. Clover Honey. Clover Honey. And uh, they had met, uh, uh, I guess they played a show and with Feist and Segetti, um, and what had happened was that Leslie and and uh, David Segetti both had albums that came out at the exact same time, and they didn't really have a band together to tour, so they decided that they would tour um, promoing both their CDs as Feist and Segetti with the same band, which included another person called World Provider. Um, in any case, uh, I went down to... The, Amy uh, sent me an email saying, gee, you should come down and check, check out Feist and Segetti. So I thought, well, great. And I came down, and I was like, they were really quite good. And I mean, they were really pro, um, but they were good pro, kind of. I, I was particularly excited by um, Feist's um, guitar playing. And uh, so I had a free night on Thunderbird Radio Hell, so I said, well, why don't you guys come tomorrow night and play Thunderbird Radio Hell? And then I recorded it on cassette, and I still play... Well, she had the dat... I gave her the dat tape and then and recorded it on cassette, and I still actually listen to that cassette from time to time because it's really quite good. And Olga from Speed Buggy ended up in Bernard Lakes, right? Uh, remember Speed Buggy? Yeah, I do remember... And I remember Ida Nielsen. 
Yes, from uh, uh, from Great Aunt Ida. Guess who's playing with Prince now? Another Ida. Oh, alumni, really? No, I don't think it's the same, but it's, it, there's somebody called Ida Nielsen. Oh, really? With, playing with Prince? Yeah, and cool. I thought it was maybe the Vancouver Connection. But yeah. It, you it, don't it, think it was Great Aunt Ida? This point. Well, you never know. It might no, I checked. And it oh, it isn't? Oh, I just bad. thought it would be amazing if that actually all came through here. Yeah, I think she moved to Toronto. And you haven't also got obsessed with, maybe this lastly here will end on Kanye West. What happened? Um, well, um, my daughter Michaela uh, sent me a text one day and she said, Kanye West is playing! And we had been listening to Yeezus like um, over and over again and had all the songs memorized and she's like, I'm freaking out! I'm freaking out! And I'd already flown her down to see um, when you had her on the show here uh, in, in June of the same year. I had flown her down for... Um, for em- uh, not Amber Swift, Taylor Swift, and uh, so I thought, wow, what the hell? We may as well go to Kanye West too, and so I booked her a flight, and and she came down um, to see Kanye West. So then, um, right about three hours before the show started, it was announced online, and we all got emails that the show had been canceled. Well, the poor girl was pretty upset, um, and and so I promised her that. You know, that um, we would figure it out. And then they rescheduled it for about two weeks later. And I sent her back home and then booked her another flight to come down again to see Kanye West. And and uh, then we were, she came down and we were going to take all of these pictures. And we went down to the Vancouver Hotel. And we asked them if it was okay to take some photos. And we took all of these shots. And we were having this amazing time. And she dressed up like she decked herself right out. And we were it was really, really, really special. And then as we were leaving the Vancouver, um, uh, Vancouver uh, Georgia Hotel, not the Georgia Hotel, but the Vancouver Hotel, um, it, it was announced again that Kanye had canceled yet again. Well, she was really, really upset again. And then he never did um, return. And so I got my revenge by writing a song called Cancelled Twice. Four food groups of the apocalypse, San Francisco, 1995. I was there. Another group that we actually didn't get to. And actually, (laughs) right now, there is a group we can get to. We'd like to get to Burn Dog Hyena. What are we going to end with right now as the news comes in here to CITR Radio? Uh, We're going to... uh, end with a new version or newish version of an old song called Lizard Gardens which was written by Joel Bodner sitting beside me also known as Fajol Satan and it's called Lizard Gardens and it was written in about 1983. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Brian? Burn Dog Hyena, tonight at the railway. Yeah, right? you gotta check us out. I mean, one thing about Burn Dog Hyena is all of our songs are different. We don't sound the same, so you're gonna get a different experience with every song. Evan, anything you'd like to add to the people out there? Joe? I'm excited to see Aging Youth Gang. Everybody's just going to give her. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming out to the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. Really appreciate it, Burn Dog Hyena. Shout out to Sadi, too. Live Van. Yes. LiveVan.com. So here we go. Burn Dog Hyena, live on the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show, getting translated into a new recording by Burn Dog Hyena. Thank you, not your buddy. And check you out on MySpace, too, right? You're on MySpace. And CBC and... Burn Dog Hyena. SoundCloud, yeah. Well, thanks very much, Burndog Hyena. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do